My brothers and sisters in Christ, I welcome you once again to this ever-moreful St. Joseph Cathedral. In a special way, I welcome my brother, Bishop Ed Malasek, Bishop of Cleveland. I welcome the members of the Catholic Conference of Ohio here present, as well as officials from the government, both the House, the Senate, and the administration. To one and all, I wish you a warm welcome. Today we are offering a special Mass for peace and justice, but for respect for human life in all its stages. We know that about a month from now, there will be a big vote, and we need the strength that comes from on high to actually win the day. It is not unrealistic to think, though, that we can accomplish the impossible. With God, all things are possible, and certainly that is our state motto. But we could think back to the year 1571, St. Pius V, asked all of Christendom to pray the rosary, and the Christian forces led by Don Juan won a great battle at Lepanto. The power of prayer cannot be under, underestimated. But first, if our prayers to be, are to be effective, we also need to not just speak to God and beseech God, but listen to the voice of God. What did the prophet Baruch say in our first reading? Justice is with the Lord our God. What is justice? Giving another person his or her due. Giving God first and foremost his due. But also giving our neighbor, including the unborn child, his or her due. No matter the result of the November ballot election, justice is with the Lord our God, and God will give us, will give them justice. But Baruch went on to say during the Babylonian captivity, Today we are flushed with shame. We men of Judah, citizens of Jerusalem, we are kings and rulers, priests and prophets with our ancestors, have sinned in the Lord's sight and disobeyed him. We have neither heeded the voice of the Lord our God, nor followed the precepts which the Lord set before us. Now we might champion ourselves, as defenders of human life. We might regret that there is an attack against the weakest and most vulnerable members of our society, from the unborn child to the elderly to the disabled person. But what is our responsibility? There is certainly structural sin, and we work for justice. But St. John Paul II said, at the, at the root of structural sin is personal sin. For what do we need to repent? Where have we been indifferent? Where have we been callous? What is my responsibility? How often have I neglected my brother or sister in need? We have neither heeded the voice of the Lord our God, nor followed the precepts which the Lord set before us, including the Ten Commandments, the fifth of which is, Thou shalt not kill. To say, thou shalt not kill, is also to commit oneself to reverence for human life in all its stages, for reverence for the human person made in God's image and likeness. And by loving our neighbor, we are showing our reverence for the God who made all of creation, and when he made man and woman, declared his creation to be very good. To say no to the killing of the innocent is to say yes to the gift of human life. And that is what we are here to do to witness to the gift of human life, and to commit ourselves ever more fully to being good stewards of that gift. 
From the time the Lord led our ancestors out of the land of Egypt until the present day, we have been disobedient to the Lord our God and only too ready to disregard his voice. The word obedience in Latin comes from the word, the two words, ob audire, to hear. We don't listen. I, my brothers and I were all very good students in school, but sometimes we'd get a sad face back and, uh, and the teacher would write, see me, and right at the bottom of the page, does not listen, does not follow directions. And we would have to go shame-faced home to our parents for whatever punishment we deserved. In the same way, we do not listen to the voice of God, calling us to defend human life, calling us to not be apathetic or indifferent, calling us to greatness day in, day out. We want to do our own thing. I want my freedom. I want my independence. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me how to vote. Too ready to disregard his voice in favor of an autonomous conscience that it, it confuses freedom with license. And the evils and the curse that the Lord enjoined upon Moses his servant at the time he led our ancestors forth from the land of Egypt to give us the land flowing with milk and honey, cling to us even today. What is necessary for the church today is purification. We are at the same time both prostitute and chaste. That is, we are filled with sins, yet we rely on the Lord's grace to make us integral, to make us authentic witnesses. To Christ. Why were these curses upon us? Why do we find ourselves in a situation? Because we did not heed the voice of the Lord in all the words of the prophets whom he sent us, but each went off after his own devices according to his wicked heart. When we do not listen to the voice of the Lord, this is what happens. We should not be surprised when the polls tell us that Catholics, who have been given every good gift, every sacrament, the gospel of life, the prophets, the popes, an authoritative voice. Right now the polls show that Catholics are voting yes, 58 to 42 percent. We need to change that. One person at a time, talking to our brothers and sisters, not being afraid to be bold, filled with the Spirit, to talk about the goodness of life and our responsibility, our moral responsibility as Christians. It's not that Catholics do not do their lion's share of work. Many Catholics work day in, day out. I was in Cincinnati yesterday for a fundraiser for Elizabeth's New Life Center. I'll be down there again tonight. Crisscrossing the state, we bishops are. The governor is hard at work also because he is a Catholic, wanting to live his faith. I see, you know, when I read our diocesan newspaper, the Columbus Catholic Times or the Cincinnati Catholic Telegraph, where I'm sure if I read Bishop Malasek's uh, newspaper magazine, I'd find out what people are doing, pregnancy decision health centers, the women's care center just up the road from here. I would see what people are doing in the Pregnancy Center Plus and the Pregnancy Center West down in Cincinnati. The St. Vincent and Paul Society showing respect for human life by meeting the needs of the poor. Catholic social services and charities across the state, again, helping the migrant, helping those who are in need. We practice our faith, we put it into action, because each and every person bears the mark of God. 
but still more is necessary. Again, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, the day before and the day after, there were women who needed accompaniment. And we are called to a radical solidarity with these women. Again, after the November vote, the day after there will be women who are in need, who need accompaniment. And who will be there for them? Not the thugs of Planned Parenthood, but Catholics, committed Christians, people of goodwill who see the value of human life and who see how women must be given the option of actually saying yes to life and supported in their choices for life. This is a great good. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary of my mother's death. It was a great grace to have such a wonderful mother. She and my father, my two oldest brothers, they came to the United States from India in 1970. They faced prejudice because at the time, it was the time of Cesar Chavez and the migrant worker movements. My mother already had two boys, poor, immigrant, colored, and then three more boys in 1971, 72, and 73. And many people would have said, what are you doing having so many children? You're just going to be more and more poor. And my parents, who were born under the rule of the King of England, wanted something better for their children. And this country, with its freedom, afforded that to them and to us boys. They had a hope that life could be better. A society that does not have children, that rejects children, that kills children in the womb is a society which has lost hope for that better future. But my mother was generous, and the Catholic Church and the parishes and the schools welcomed us. And from that one family, we have three physicians, a judge, and a Catholic bishop. Because with God, all things are possible. Mothers are incredibly important, and they need our support and accompaniment. That is why this year's Respect Life theme nationally is radical solidarity. What does it mean not to think of myself, but to be with another, to share in another's life? to stand shoulder to shoulder with them and say, you are not alone, I will not abandon you or your child. I will walk with you. Pope Francis calls us to be a church that walks together, that listens. And so we walk with women and their children. We walk with families to support them in every stage. Whether it's a pregnant mother or an immigrant, we are there. Back in December, Around Christmas time, I went down to Chillicothe, and I had mass in the prison there. There's actually a Catholic chapel in the prison. The Lord Jesus came to save even them, to loose the bonds that imprison us. But after I had mass in the Catholic chapel, they brought me over to the gym. And I had mass for the Catholic residents there who were on death row. And we will have the opportunity here within a week to have a 24-hour prayer vigil, and we are on the verge of this, actually, to end the death penalty in our state. After the Mass, one man came up to me and said, oh, Bishop, I hear you're from Cincinnati. I said, I am. He said, I'm from Cincinnati, too. I said, where are you from? He said, Camp Washington. I said, really? I was a, I was a pastor at Sacred Heart Italian Church down in Camp Washington. He said, that's where my mom went to Mass. I said, what's your name? And he told me his name. I said, was your mother Pat? And he said, yeah. And I remembered his mother used to come to church all the time saying, pray for my son, Father. He's in jail. She never told me what he did. But she prayed and prayed because her son, who was on death row, who had committed a terrible crime, was her son, whom she carried in the womb, whom she loved, even until her own death. 
and who, though he has committed a sin, his life, his hope should not be extinguished. Mothers are incredibly important in their prayers. But as are the prayers of fathers. Fathers must accept their responsibility. My father was a physician. He spent his whole life caring for women, men, children. And so he imbued this to us, his boys. But fathers must accept their responsibility and say, no, you know what, I'm going to lead my family in being a witness to the goodness of life. I'm going to be like St. Joseph, who rather than reject the Virgin Mary, accepted her as a spouse and took the child as his own and protected and defended the child from Herod, who sought to destroy the child. There are always going to be forces bent on dominating us. And we as Catholics have a duty because we have been sealed, have the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts in baptism, sealed with the gift of Holy Spirit and confirmation to witness to the God who loved us when we were sinners. When we did not hear his voice, he sent his prophets to save us, to call us to deeper conversion. And in the fullness of time, he sent his only begotten son to be born of the woman again, to call us to repentance and to friendship and to reconcile us with the Father. In our gospel from St. Luke, we heard... Jesus, not meek and mild. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. It will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And as for you, Capernaum, who will be exalted to heaven, you will go down to the netherworld. Justice is with God. But why? Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum? They had seen the mighty deeds of the Lord. They had experienced his mercy. They had witnessed his healing miracles. In Capernaum, the people begged him not to leave. They saw all these mighty things. They experienced his grace, and they did not change. They did not give themselves over to being disciples. How many times God has shown us his tender mercies? How many times we have not changed? How many opportunities will this country be given to say yes to life? And yet we do not heed his voice. What we need are not just people who talk the talk, but walk the walk. We need credible witnesses. I just returned from Rome on Tuesday night. My flights were canceled, uh, and I was trapped in Rome for a couple of extra days. I gave me the opportunity to meet a Polish priest friend of mine. His grandfather had been a prisoner at Treblinka, the death camp, and escaped. Yes, there are always forces bent on dominating us in our last century. We saw that. Whether it was Nazi socialism or communist oppression, we saw it, we felt it, we experienced it, we knew people who suffered. My friend, Father Popple, now worked in the Vatican Dicastery for Communications, but he recently wrote a book about the Ulma family, who was beatified uh, last month. I think on the 10th of September. Now, they, grew up, they lived not far from the border of Ukraine where there's terrible violence. Father Yosef, a wife, Victoria, been married for nine years, and nine years they had six children. The father was very innovative with his agricultural techniques. The mother uh, raised her children and loved them. They had a really good, solid family. Little Six little children, the mother was pregnant with the seventh. And then the darkness came the Nazis began to round up Jews and to send them off to the death camps. 
But what did this family do in the face of this darkness? They did not seek to protect themselves. They did not seek to do what was safe. They did not keep quiet. For more than a year, they harbored a Jewish family, Jewish families in their home for more than a year. What drew suspicion was the mother kept on asking, buying more food to not only house these families, but to feed them. And so they became a part of this family's life. They were of a different faith, but the same humanity. God's children. And then they were discovered. And the Jews were killed first, then the parents, and then the children. And they were thrown in a common grave. When they came to bury, give a proper burial, they saw that the mother, when she was shot, went into labor. A whole family gave their lives to protect others. And the last word of this mother in trying to give birth to her unborn child was life. We are a people of life who celebrate life, who cherish life, and who defend life. And after the November ballot, we will still be that people. Let us ask God for the grace to be the people and the church he has called to be. Not people who wage war against the weak and the innocent, but people who are the voice of the voiceless. Priest, prophet, and king we are called to be, and that we will sh shall be by God's grace. It will not be easy. The hammer will come down. We will be rejected and despised. Jesus tells us, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Let us receive the Lord Jesus. Let us speak the Lord Jesus. Let us witness to the Lord Jesus. For in him alone is our hope and our salvation. Let us belong to him more wholeheartedly, and let us never cease, even to our dying breath, to proclaim this word, life. <laughs>